good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, March 9th, 2023. And our top story today, what you need to know before you buy those hearing aids. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more is Julie Noren. She's an audiologist with Towson University. Well, Julie, it's great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks, Jeff. Good morning. Uh, good morning, and thank you so much. You know, <laughs> hearing loss hearing loss is such an important topic, and, and there's been a lot of studies that how people who have hearing loss can also have the early onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. We'll get to that in, the, in a little bit, probably in segment two. But let's talk about hearing aids, because when we last had you on, I think it was fall 2022, we talked about now there's over-the-counter hearing aids. Um, let's revisit that a little bit. H- how has the market changed in terms of the hearing aid industry? So, yeah, now that the FDA approved a new category of hearing aids, which are OTC hearing aids, stands for over-the-counter, um, we will start to see more retailers engage in selling devices over the counter. So already we're seeing places like Walgreens, um, they are marketing devices over the counter. We're seeing more ads on television. The differences between those devices and something that is now categorized as a prescription device that you would get from someone like myself or an audiologist or a hearing instrument specialist is that those devices that are available over the counter are really limited for whom they are appropriate. So they are designated by the FDA as only appropriate for individuals with a perceived mild to moderate hearing loss. So anything beyond a mild to moderate hearing loss, someone would really want to meet with an audiologist for testing to identify their exact hearing levels to be fit with an appropriate device. Yeah, the other side, yeah, we will. We'll talk about testing. Um, the other side of that is that there are more and more insurance companies that are covering hearing devices, but they do not cover over the counter devices. Uh, okay. and, and I apologize for interrupting you. I want to I, I want to ask you about some of the key differences. And I know when we last spoke, you know, these these uh, new prescription uh, hearing aids they're the latest technology and they can be dialed in. I don't know if that's the right word or not. They can be fitted for the particular individual so that if you are don't have hearing in some bandwidth or frequency, I guess is the right word, you can, you can get it tailored to that frequency. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Uh, much like we would go to an eye doctor and have an eye exam, and that eye doctor would identify our exact vision prescription, we do something very similar with our hearing. When we do testing, we identify exactly which frequencies or pitches someone is having difficulty hearing. And then when we program their hearing instruments, we are doing exactly that. We are plugging in what frequencies they need that boost. And then when they're wearing those devices, that's where they're getting the amplification the most, where they need it for their prescription. Julie, with this over-the-counter declaration by the FDA or approval by the FDA, is there concern that people may not pursue what is the ideal or the correct approach to getting fitted for a a hearing aid? I mean, it's a lot easier to, candidly, it might be a lot easier, maybe it's not, to go in and and just go to Walgreens or go to a CVS and say, hey, I want that and I'm going to go with it. But you could actually prolong your treatment of hearing loss. 
Yeah, absolutely. So there are a couple of a uh, couple of things to to um, to talk about in that. One is on average, it takes the average person about seven to ten years to take action, meaning seek treatment, get hearing aids after they've been identified as having a hearing loss. So seven to ten years is a really long time. So if someone is going the route of over the counter and they are trying that first, they may actually have a more significant hearing loss than just a moderate loss, in which case something that they get over the counter is not going to provide enough of what they need. And they may walk away feeling like hearing aids don't work for me, which could prolong the, um, that motivation to then seek appropriate treatment. So we're, we typically see about seven to 10 years that could push that person closer to the 10 year mark or maybe longer if they've tried those over the counter devices and they feel like, well, those are hearing needs. They didn't work for me. Why should I bother? Julie, I mean, the, the technological advancements. So let's talk a little bit about that because um, I have a relative who uses a Bluetooth, it connects to his phone. So he's able to actually hear from the hearing aid into through Bluetooth and here's his phone calls. Will these over-the-counter devices, could they do that? Yes. So, um, yes, many devices that are both prescription and over-the-counter have Bluetooth uh, connectivity. So we are able to now connect our devices to our hearing devices to other devices that we might use, such as a cell phone or an iPad or an Android tablet. The over-the-counter devices most of them have it. Um, there are some that don't. And again, just like prescription hearing aids come in different levels with different features, they do all come with Bluetooth, but over-the-counter devices, not all of them will have that. Um, then, but the nice thing about that is if you do have those Bluetooth devices and they are connected to your phone, you can actually download a uh, hearing device compatible app and then use that app as a remote control through your phone. And if I, if I go and choose to go over the counter, uh, we're not suggesting that, but if you do, are the people that work at, are there audiologists or professionals that can help you find the right over-the-counter uh, product for you? Or is it just like, hey, you know, it's like buying a greeting card. You just go with what you think works and, you know, what you think is going to work best. Yeah. So that was one of the big pushes that made the over-the-counter uh, regulations so appealing is that unfortunately for myself and other hearing professionals who, you know, that's our motivation is to make sure that people are getting appropriate treatment. It eliminates the professional from the equation so that the consumer can go and um, manage the process independently without consulting a professional. This is where the concern comes in because even though places like Walgreens are selling these devices. Um, I believe they can be found over near the pharmacy. The people who are working in Walgreens, including the pharmacists, are not being really trained on hearing healthcare the way an audiologist is. So um, there's two factors involved there. One, an over-the-counter device is designed for someone to go and um, determine what it is that they need on their own without the guidance of a professional. However, places, retailers, chains such as Walgreens 
I know that they are making an attempt to train their employees on this, but I, you know, I went to school, I have a doctorate, it took me four years to be licensed, and I do continuing education every year to maintain my licensure and my certification. There's a lot of education and knowledge that goes into what I do in practice every day. I can't imagine that someone working behind the counter at a Walgreens, whether it's a cash register or a pharmacist, is going to have the time or the inclination or the desire or the wherewithal to be able to guide their customers appropriately. Yeah, really, really good point. This isn't like booking a trip on Expedia or right. uh, you know some other or, you know, renting an apartment online. It's it's very very different. Yeah, uh, Julie, um, where do I go if I want to get research? I mean, is there a hearing aid association or an audiological association that I can get unbiased? Because a lot of the stuff, you know, if I read articles online, they're just written by freelancers where they're comparing 10 products and it's just pros and cons. It really, it's just like very genericized. So where do I go mm -hmm. to get good information about all of these products, whether it's prescription or OTC type products? Yeah, that's a really good question. There is a lot of information out there and I'm guilty of it too. You know, when I have a question or a concern, I'm I'm always running to Google and um, trying to parse out what I'm finding to, to make sense of it all. Um, there are a lot of professional websites where we do put forth unbiased information because we as professionals recognize how confusing it is for the average consumer. So it is important that they get unbiased, clear, helpful, um, correct information. So the American Academy of Audiology is, uh, is one place that they can go. The website is audiology.org. Um, another place they could look to is a local chapter of the Hearing Loss Association. Um, those are spread out around different cities across the country. And um, another place would be the uh, uh, organization for instrument hearing specialists, so or hearing instrument specialists rather. So all of those organizations do have their own websites, and um, oh, also the um, American Speech Language and Hearing Association. So their website is asha.org. So we all, um, again, our goal is to make sure that people are getting appropriate hearing healthcare. So. Our mission is to put that information out there available so that people do get what they need in terms of clear and concise and accurate information that is also unbiased. Yeah, absolutely. That's where education comes in on, on so many of these issues, hearing loss included. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, uh, Julie, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about getting a hearing test at any age. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? 
especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and call Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Julie Norton. She's an audiologist with Towson University. Julie, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two. Happy to be here. You know, Julie, I was per before our interview, I was perusing the National Institute on Aging's website and about one third of older adults, adults have hearing loss. I wanna get your perspective on this and, and uh, is it more prevalent, less prevalent? And what about younger generations, people with their, their headphones in or their AirPods in? <laughs> Tune, turned up to 11. Yeah, exactly. Um, love that reference. <laughs> so yeah, tap, I think, yeah, I think that um, those statistics aren't too far off. However, I think they're probably a little higher when we're looking at statistics that I, that talk about the number of adults with hearing loss, those are number of reported cases. So in any, in any um, situation with any kind of illness, we're going to see unreported cases not being documented. So there are probably a lot of individuals out there who have some degree of hearing loss, but yet they're not uh, being tested. So it's not being documented and therefore it's not part of those statistics. So I would say that it's probably a little bit higher and a little bit more prevalent than, than what we think it is. Um, in terms of hearing loss with younger folks, I think what we will see, we probably aren't really seeing it just yet, but what we will see down the road is probably anyone who had that predisposition to develop hearing loss at an older age, so an age-related hearing loss, we're probably going to see those age-related hearing losses start to happen at an earlier age. And then combined with that, we will see some hearing loss due to noise. So 
we do see different configurations on our test results, whether that's an age-related hearing loss or whether it's a hearing loss due to noise exposure. So I think that at some point in time with these younger folks who are maybe now my kids' age, you know, in their, in their early 20s, we may start to see some of those noise-related hearing loss, losses combined with age-related hearing losses at a younger age. You know, Julie, a lot of us are living in metropoli metropolises, metropoli, I don't know what the plural is, <laughs> in big cities or yeah. urban areas where there's a lot of traffic, there's construction. What, what leads to hearing loss? Is it the loud music? Is it the cars passing by? Is it the jackhammer if you work in construction? Does it have to be a loud noise or can it just be a, a, a dull noise? I mean, what, what precipitates the, the hearing loss? Yeah, so we, I, I actually do a whole unit on this with my students in school. So I'll try and do a concise version. Yeah. Um, hearing loss can happen due to all sorts of reasons. So the main reason is aging, but it can happen from illness. It can happen from exposure to what are called ototoxic uh, agents, such as some medications, some chemicals, and, and it can happen from noise exposure. If it happens from something such as an ototoxic agent, usually that would be a pretty serious medication. So life-saving uh, cancer treatment, life-saving antibiotics. So, you know, we're looking at the life-saving aspect as being much more important than hearing preservation aspect. Um, if we're talking about ototoxic chemicals, that would be someone who works in a profession where they might be exposed to those chemicals um, for longer duration. So floor, floor uh, varnish or acetone nail polish remover. So individuals that work in those types of professions have a higher likelihood of developing some sort of hearing loss or balance issue related to those chemicals. If it's related to noise, if it's something that is like you said, a jackhammer or large heavy equipment or machine noise, someone who works in those industries, they are going to be at risk and they should be using hearing protection devices. Um, anyone in general that's exposed to loud noise, even myself, if I go to a concert or if I go to a Ravens game, which we know can get upwards of, you know, close to 115 decibels, um, I wear my hearing protection. Anything that is uh, over 85 decibels, which is pretty loud, um, you should be using hearing protection. If that loudness level increases just by five decibels, so going from 85 to 90, my allowed exposure time is cut by half. So it doesn't take much of an increase for that risk to really increase um, and your exposure time should be limited by half. Where do I get tested, Julie? Um, I know you're an audiologist. I would assume it's an audiological organization. Uh, you know, like I know there are otolaryngologists who focus on the ear, nose, and throat. They oftentimes have audiologists on staff. Mm -hmm. Where do you go and, and how old, you know, do you get tested every year? Do you get tested? I, I think you do it in a booth, right? And you, is it coming from this side or that side? They test you at all different frequencies. But where do I go to get that done? Yeah, so you can certainly um, get tested at any audiologist. So we at Towson have a full clinic. So um, individuals can call and schedule appointments and they can come in and uh, go undergo testing to determine their hearing levels. Most ENTs, so ear, nose and throat physicians do have audiologists who work for them as well. 
So if you schedule an appointment with an otolaryngologist or an ENT, it's likely that they would have someone available to test your hearing as well. And then even places like Costco, where they have a hearing center, they do have individuals there who provide testing. However, you want to make sure that you're being seen by someone who's an audiologist for a comprehensive test, because anyone who's not an audiologist, let's say if they're a hearing instrument specialist, they're not doing some of the tests that an audiologist would do, meaning we are also looking at your middle ear function for ear health. We're testing your speech discrimination ability. So we're not just looking at what point you're hearing those tones. We're also looking to see how well you're hearing and processing speech sounds and could you benefit from hearing aids? And, and is there an age? I mean, should I get it done at 15? Should I get it done at, well, I'm not anywhere near 15, but should you get it done at 15, 25, 55? I mean, and do you need to have it done every year? What, 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 what are the mm -hmm. kind of the break, the general breakdowns, although everybody's unique and different? Yeah. So the, so in general, it should become part of your overall health monitoring plan. So just like we go to the physician and the physician takes a look at our blood pressure and our cholesterol and sugar and all of our health systems, your hearing should not be ignored. So once you reach the age of 50, that should definitely be something that you at least go and get tested just to establish a baseline. If there's no hearing loss, then my recommendation is always don't worry about it. And, you know, maybe you can monitor and it would be one of those things where you don't necessarily have to do it every year, but maybe every few years. If a hearing loss is identified, then we would want to make sure that you're doing annual testing so that year by year we can monitor for not only changes, but also how progressive is it? Because if it's something that's happening very rapidly, then that might indicate a more concerning health condition. Last question. Let's talk a little bit about insurance. I want to ask you what, what is covered? The state version of Medicare. Uh, mm -hmm. do that, does that cover the testing and or the hearing aids that we were describing in, in segment one? So yeah, let's talk about Medicare first. So Medicare does cover uh, testing on an annual basis, provided it is strictly for the purpose of either um, monitoring a hearing loss or identifying a hearing loss if there's a concern. Medicare will not cover anything that's related to hearing aids. They do have Medicare Advantage programs that are available as supplemental plans that um, those would be just specific for the individual. And those are extra on top of just the regular Medicare plan. Mm -hmm. And some of those Medicare Advantage plans do provide discount pricing, but you need to go to specific providers through those plans. Medicaid is state funded. And that is a program that's available for people who are lower income, who meet qualifications. So they do have very strict criteria in terms of who would be eligible for coverage. So, um, and they do also have managed care organizations that will manage Medicare plans. So it does also depend on the plan as to where you could go, but Medicaid does cover hearing aids for any individual that meets those eligibility criteria. And those criteria, I won't get into the specifics, but they have to do with degree of hearing loss. They have to do with, um, for adults, 
specifically whether or not you've used hearing aids in the past. You may only be eligible for one versus two. So uh, it would be a good idea for individuals that do have those plans to seek consult with a professional who is credentialed with those programs so that they can get accurate information and yeah, see right. if they're eligible. Yeah, really important. Well, Julie, we're going to have to leave it there. And by the way, I love that you brought up the Ravens. I, I want to get you to last last second. Uh, do you think that the Ravens will still be at 115 decibels if they don't sign Lamar Jackson? I had to ask you that question. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. <laughs> That's it is a really good question. I had look, everyone's talking about it on sports, not only in Baltimore, but around yeah. the country. And I had to bring it back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. Julie Noren, it's always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you so much. It's always my pleasure. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. Don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? We'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Tax audits, tax liens, wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. 
The tax relief line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.